You're listening to a Centro Church podcast. We're here to discuss our year and, and our vision and where we're going. And so uh, I'm so pleased that you're here. I'm so excited, in fact, that you're here. And, and I guess it's all about, isn't it? It's all about embracing the journey. It's all about recognizing that where we're at right now is a result of where we've been, where God has brought us from. And of course, where God has brought us from today, this, this experience is part of where God is taking us to. And we're all on a journey, corporately, we're on a journey. Central Church has a journey. Uh, the, the journey of this church is far larger than my journey, far larger than your journey. But your journey and my journey are part of that journey for now. And uh, it's important, I think, to understand that a lot of what happens in life, you write off to mere circumstance. A lot of what happens in life, you can write off to just mere happenstance, randomness. But we are not random uh, quirks of, of fate. We are specifics. We are, we are the result of a powerful, purposeful God with a strategic and a defined outcome. And God has placed us and God has caused all kinds of experiences to transpire in our life. And I want to suggest to you this morning this. This is, this is a big idea. That the key to unlock all that God has got for you is, is not just in prayer, although it's important to pray. It's not just in the, in the Bible reading, although reading the Bible is important. It's not just in church, or the church is important. It's not just in a specific spiritual discipline. It's not just in something that you might happen to do. It's not as a result of some kind of, of superstition. I want to suggest to you that the key to unlocking the future that God has got for you is indeed you, that you are the key, and that what has happened aboard you to this point has been cutting that key. And uh, that's why it's important to embrace the journey, to understand what God has done in and through our lives to this point of time, because it has made you who you are. And, and, it, and as you can see that, and as you can embrace that, it's kind of like God is cutting the key, and when the key is ready, it will turn the lock. If you ever had a key cut, you put into the lock and it didn't turn it because it wasn't cut exactly right. There was a little bit more filing that needed to be done, a little more refining needed to take place. But when the key was exactly right, it would turn the lock and would open the door. Well, your life is that key, and God has been refining you, and God has been taking things, uh, cutting things away and, and adding things to. And, and what this is all about, it's about making sure that your life, the key, is exactly positioned to be able to turn the lock. And once the lock is turned, the door will open. It's not just coincidence. It's not just life, you know. Oh, well, that's life. No, it's not. It's in the orchestrated purposes of God to bring you to a point where you are ready to unlock the key for what God has got for you for this future. And I want to encourage you this morning to embrace the journey that God has got you on. Embrace the journey that God has brought you from. Uh, the things that have happened in your life. Now, not everything that happens in our life, you know, we would necessarily define as good. Not everything that happens in our life would necessarily define as, well, you know, I'm so thankful for that. But, but, but we can be thankful for what it can do in and through us. You can be thankful for the doors it will open for you. You can be thankful that through that process, you've learned the faithfulness and the incredible power of God in your life. There are four things I want to suggest to you this morning that are important to embrace 
within the context of your journey. And these four things, two of them are going to be reinforced by video testimony by two people here this morning, actually. Uh, but we're not going to get them up. We're going to watch it on the big screen. And, uh, um, and then there are four points which are illustrated on the banners, which you can't see at the moment, but we'll turn around as I get to each one. Why don't we turn to the first one uh, now? That'd be great. And it's this, a place to connect. And Psalm 92 verse 13 says this, He who is planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. We all need a place to connect, a home, to put our roots down and to become planted so that we receive sustenance from deep, when deep beneath the surface of our life. Um, Isaiah 65, verse 8, the first part of the verse says this. It says, Thus saith the Lord, uh, as the new wine is found in the cluster. The new wine. The new wine speaks to us about blessing. The new wine speaks to us about what God is doing uh, in, in this current time. And uh, we know that Jesus said you don't put old wine, um, a new wine in old wine uh, caskets. There is a new wine. There is a new day. There is a new blessing. And where is it located? It's located, according to Isaiah, in the cluster, uh, in the group. We are clearly better together. Now, Isaiah wrote that two and a half thousand years ago. Two and a half thousand years ago, Isaiah had the wisdom and the insight to be able to articulate that new wine is found in the gathering, in the cluster, in the collective. A fellow by the name of uh, Chris Peterson, Dr. Chris Peterson, who was the founder of a thing called positive psychology, puts it this way. Now, this is more modern than two and a half thousand years ago. This is, in fact, is very recent. He says this, Our connections with other people are at the heart of our happiness, their happiness and our happiness. Having a network of social connections has been proven, scientifically proven, to increase the immunity to infection, lower our risk of heart disease, reduce uh, mental decline as we get older. And a few people to that said, yeah, that's okay. Um, Having close personal ties has been shown to pose significant Uh, health risk, not having close personal ties, I should say, has been um, shown to pose a significant health risk, the same level as smoking or obesity. This whole idea of new wine being found in the cluster is not just some, you know, um, religious idea. It's not just some organizational trick. Uh, It's a scientifically proven fact. And what they're saying is to not have a cluster, to not have social ties has the same potential negative effect on your body as obesity or smoking. This is scientific fact according to Dr. Um, Chris Peterson. Now what I find remarkable about that, Isaiah said this two and a half thousand years ago. This is what now science has proven this to be a fact within the last few years. But if I was to take you back to the very beginning Back to where God creates the heavens and the earth. What does he say? After each day of creation. Now we don't know if it was a 24-hour period or exactly what it was, and that doesn't really matter. But after each segment, each day of creation, after God had created the heavens and the earth, he said it was good. And after he created the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, he said it was good. And after he created the animals of the fields, he said it is good. 
And then, of course, he creates man. And it's just not good. He says it's very good. But there's one thing, one thing out of that, that, that creation uh, season that God says isn't good. Did you know that? One thing isn't good. Of course, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, I mean, they were good. Of course, the sun and the moon, of course, they were good. Look at the person next to you and say, you're very good, because he looked at you and said, oh, that's very good. <laughs> but, but what isn't good? What of the creation of God isn't good? And it was this. In Genesis 2, verse 18, the Lord said, it is not good for man to be alone. He's got to be connected. There's got to be a place to connect. And and I I want to encourage you to make sure that you have a positive connection because that's where the new wine is. Three things, and then we're going to watch a video. Three things that I want to suggest that, that, that you need to actually do to make this a reality in your spiritual existence. Number one, of course, is you've got to You've got to get outside of, of, of your comfort zone. You've got to voluntarily extract yourself from your, um, your, your agenda, which is probably dictated to you. You see, I can tell you now, if, um, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. Right? Did you hear that? Yeah. The devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. Uh, he'll make you too busy to do the things that you need to do for the for the for the purpose of your spiritual well-being. And you'll think to yourself, well, these things don't matter. You know, I can get to them later. I can get to them later. I can get to them later. You literally have to arrest your schedule and also um, extract yourself from your comfort zone. Now, you might be fearful to do that. There might be all kinds of imposing pressures that will, that, that will um, uh, try to convince you. Otherwise, it takes courage, firstly, and it takes compassion. It takes courage, to break into a schedule that is demanded of you by people that uh, you are beholden to. Take courage to go, well, you know something, Noah, I'm going to find a place to connect. I'm going to find a, a group where I'm going to connect into. Taste courage. Uh, it also takes compassion because you do it not just for yourself, you do it for others. Um, in this world of self-actualization and it's all about me and it's all about self, connection is something you do not just for yourself, Connection is something you do to create a place where, whereby others can connect so that you put yourself out there in, in such a way that, you know, it's not just about me connecting, it's about others connecting to me. And you, you can't say that you're too old. Uh, Caleb in his 80s said, give me this mountain. Caleb in his 80s said, I'm ready for the next challenge. Uh, break out of your own, you know, world, out of your comfort zone, out of your prescribed agenda. And then listen to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Because one thing I know about God is this. Um, God doesn't have to use a, a, a middleman. He doesn't have to use a third party. But if you look at the gifts of the Spirit, you'll see that every time there's a gift of the Spirit, it's never for the person who receives it. He, he or she are merely the conduit. They're, they're merely the one in through God flows through to others. So God comes to me for you. And God comes to you for me. If you look at the gifts of the Spirit, they're full of God coming to people, not for them, but for others. Now, could God come to me just for me? Of course he could. But from what I get from the reading of Scripture, he chooses to come to you for me. And he chooses to come to, you, 
to, to you through me. And so I have to be prepared to be that conduit. I have to be prepared to be that open vessel through whom which God will flow so that God can flow to you. That takes connection. That takes a, that, then there needs to be a point in which that can happen. But then I have to listen to the promptings of the Spirit Right? I have to be tuned into God, understanding that a place to connect is not just about my connection, but it's also about through which I can then allow God to minister through me to others. And so that I might, thirdly, number one, break out of my, my comfort zone, number two, be open to the Holy Spirit, and then number three, encourage, encourage others. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore, encourage one another, build each other up just as in fact you are doing and I, I, I commend you because you know this place is full this morning because most of us do have a place to connect talking to you this morning that if you don't break into your agenda be open to the Holy Spirit I find intriguing Hebrews 10 25 says not giving up a meeting together as some are in the habit of doing but encourage one another and all the more as you see the day of his coming approaching. What that verse seems to insinuate is that as we get closer to the second coming of Jesus, that there's going to be more and more pressures to give up gathering together. More and more time pressures, I might suggest. People will become busier, busier, busier. And I've got to say, folks, one of the plagues of, of modernity has got to be the whole busyness thing. People are so busy going after here and, and chasing down there. And, and it's like Hebrews kind of prophesied this 2,000 years ago. So don't give up this gathering together, but when you do, when you, when you do connect, make sure that you are encouraging somebody else. Make sure that you're open to God coming through you to meet the needs of others. This is so important, folks, that it can be life-changing, and we have an incredible testimony of its life-changing power from our good mate Phil Radley here. Can we go to the videotape, please? My name's uh, Phil Radley, and I've been coming to uh, Centro now for almost uh, 30 years. Um, I'm originally from the United Kingdom, a place called Aldershot. I've lived in Malaya and Singapore. My father was in the Army Corps of Transport. The best part of being a uh, part of a Centro family uh, has to be uh, basically coming here every Sunday. I'm here every Sunday morning, Sunday night. I love being around my church family. It's just become a very, very important part of my, of my life. I am a, uh, a stewards team leader. Um, I, I'm here every, uh, I do that every Sunday night. And I just love being part of the Centro. I love being part of the volunteer group. I love meeting new people and just everything about the Sunday service. One of the best parts uh, of, of my week, belonging to, to Centro Group, uh, has to be the connect group that I belong to. I've gone through some very difficult times in my life. One of the saddest days of my life was saying goodbye to my dad. My wife was, was absolutely a pillar for me, but when I came back to Australia, I had to go back to connect group. And I got back to connect group. And uh, obviously through social media, they knew what happened. And they let me talk it out. Um, though they had a structural plan, basically the plan was put on hold and it was like, Phil, this is for you. you know? And uh, 
So I told him what happened, and without my Connect group, to this day, I'll honestly feel that I'd be a walking wreck. They came around me, they prayed with me, they made phone calls to me. Um, I had someone ring me at different every night, night of the week. Hey Phil, how you going? Just checking in with you. Yeah. And I just thank God for my connect group that I'm not alone. I've got people to walk through this with me. My dark times, my joyous times. Without them, um, I honestly don't know where I'd be today. Well done. Thank you, Phil. It's great, well said. And uh, you know, it's so important, isn't it, to make those connections into good times because we all have struggles. We all go through rough times. And what I find is that uh, if you haven't got those connections, when the rough times come, uh, you know, many times we don't see people after that because they didn't have the connections. The reason Phil's been in this church for, I don't know, many, many years over two decades, is because he's made those connections. I want to encourage you to do the same. The second um, thing I want to encourage you on this morning is a mindset of growth. Um, people change on the outside rel relatively simply, but people can spend time in Scripture. They can um, spend time in church and pretty much change on a surface level. We're, we're a bit like an iceberg, really, and that's it's not difficult for us to change on what's exposed, but it's what's deep what's beneath the surface that can well to be frank um, people can be in church for decades and only really change surface behaviors but the value system what is beneath the surface what exists in the heart remains the same uh, week in week out year in year out the value systems are still the same in fact in fact uh, I will even suggest to you um, that we're living in a day and age where there are people who are followers of Christ, but the value system of those who are in the church and the value system for those who won't even embrace the name of Jesus, in fact, they might even disdain the name of Jesus, the value systems can be very much the same. We understand that, okay, Jesus has done this and done that for me, and that's really good, and I want that. But it comes from a self-centered, selfish mindset. And so this person over here who doesn't understand that God's done this, that, or the other thing is looking for those exact things, but they're looking for those things in some other way. It might be Buddhism. It might be some, you know, it might be in the stars. It might be in a person. It might be in a pursuit. They're looking for salvation. They're looking for something to help them. And these people over here are looking for something to help them. The value system has never changed there's knowledge there's information but it still comes from a value system jesus made the observation he said um, in matthew 16 26 he said what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world and forfeit their own soul what good would it be for you to get rich and famous and and whatever you know the the, the world value system puts up there and yet your own soul is depleted what good is it? All the average person on the street would probably say, well, what good is it? It's a whole bunch of good, you know? <laughs> give, me, give me $10 million, you know? Give me happiness. Give me the, the rich and, and famous lifestyle or, or, or give me something of security because that's what I want, you know, pay off my house. Give me, give me something that is tangible, something that is physical. And I want to suggest to you that the value system, the truth is the value system 
between many people who are Christians is very, very similar to the value system of a lot of people that are not Christians. Because transformation happens above the surface. What is about a tenth of the whole. And the other nine tenths remains the same. We're going to embark on um, something uh, over the next few weeks, which is really focused on this. Of course, a a growth mindset is is not something that is pursuant just to what we're going to be doing over the next couple of months. Uh, A growth mindset is is basically a, a... a worldview. It's it's the way you see, you know. It's it's the way you see life. Are you here to grow? Are you here to be somebody that you're not yet? Uh, is God still creating you and forming you? Uh, are you still going to be somebody that your current self would look at one day and go, "Wow, I never thought you'd do that. I never thought you'd become that." Uh, because that's what God's will for your life is. Following Jesus is all about growth. Following Jesus is all about a pathway of continual increase of who we are as people. And I think sometimes the contemporary church, which you know, we are a part of, is good at getting, you know, is good at certain things. We're very good at getting stuff done. And we as a church, just by the way, are very good at getting stuff done. You know, if there's a working bee, if there's, a, if there's something to, to, to achieve, we're pretty focused and we're pretty good at getting things done. The, the contemporary church is not so good at, at maybe some of the traditions in church that, that we've bypassed. And maybe it's our fault, but things like silence and rest and quiet and slowing down to connection with God. And, and these things that we, are, um, we need to address. We need to address them within our lives so that we can develop this mindset of growth. We need to develop a mindset of growth, I guess, to, uh, to address these things within our life. It's a, ch- ch- a, uh, a chicken and egg type scenario. Um, what we're going to be doing over the course of the next two months is this uh, emotionally healthy spirituality um, course. We're going to be doing it on Sunday. We're going to have, uh, there's going to be eight sermons, knowing yourself so that you may know God, going back in order to go forward, journeying through the wall, enlarging your soul through grief and loss, discovering the rhythms of daily work and Sabbath, growing into emotionally mature adults, and going to the next step to, to develop a rule of life. So that they, are the, they are the sermon titles for the next eight weeks right there. But what I'm going to ask you all to do, if you're not already in a, uh, in a connect group, is to at least join one for the course of the next eight weeks. We're going to have a couple that, are, that will only exist for the course of the next eight weeks. And uh, because this is not just a Sunday message, there's also uh, life application questions and discussion points that go with it. Now, if you sign up for it, and I'm going to ask that you do sign up, you take that card there and just put your name um, if you're not in a group, you could just put the kind of group that you want to be a part of. But if you could put your name and your mobile number, and then if you download, download our church app from the App Store, you will get a verse um, coming onto your app twice a day. And the reason for that is, during those moments, twice a day, everyone in the church will have the same verse uh, sent to their mobile phone. You'll be able to look at that verse, and the idea is to slow you down to meditate on that verse. So everyone in the church is meditating on the same verse at the same time, twice a day, every day for the next eight weeks. Those verses will fold into the small group, um, the connect group gatherings, and they will also be connected 
to the Sunday messages. And so the thought there is that you don't just hear something of a Sunday, you then get to discuss it in a small group, it then gets reinforced to you twice a day, every day, by a scripture sent to your phone if you have downloaded the app. Now, all you need to be part of this is just put your name and your mobile number on that form and we'll collect the forms from you later during the course of the service today. That's all you need to do and you're in. Um, And of course, the whole idea behind this is developing emotional, healthy spirituality because you can never be more spiritual than you are emotionally healthy. Your spirituality, you know, it doesn't matter how kind of, you know, weird you get. (laughs) Uh, I've been doing this a long time. And I've seen there's all kinds of people who come across, you know, spiritually attuned, you know, and they're just a bit weird. And, uh, and one thing that I've learnt is this. Nobody's truly any more spiritual than they are emotionally mature. No matter how they behave or what they say or how they try to emotionally manipulate you. <laughs> Nobody is more spiritual then they are emotionally mature. You can't be. Uh, So we want to develop this emotional maturity idea in the hope that that then releases you to a deeper deeper level of of spirituality. Now, of course, on top of that, uh, we've talked about our interns course before, and this is part of the interns course. We've basically, I've I've, I've ripped this out of the interns, and I'm going to do it for the whole church Um, But I've got a testimony from Nick on just how his life has changed as a result. This was part of it, and we're going to watch the video. Turn your eyes to the screen. I'm Nicholas Bull. I've been coming to church ever since I was a kid. I was brought along with my parents when they came here. And I've grown up here pretty much ever since. I'm the middle child of three siblings. So life before... I decided, you know, I'd actually commit myself to growing spiritually. It was um, stale, I guess would be one way to put it. Um, I didn't have really any desire or any purpose in anything I was doing, just kind of moving forward in what was in front of me. What kind of sparked the desire to change and actually grow? I was just kind of sitting in church, church one morning, and it just kind of hit me. I don't remember what was being preached, but I would remember being hit with a feeling that I just, I couldn't do this anymore. Something had to change. I don't know what, but I've, I've got to move forward or else I'm just going to be here for the rest of my life. So for the first time in a while, I, I earnestly prayed, like, what do I do with this feeling? I've got this feeling, but what do I do? And it was very shortly after that that Pastor John approached me about joining the internship program. So I thought, hey, I guess this is as much of an answer of anything. So he gave it a shot and it is honestly the best decision I've ever, ever made. If there's anything I could tell my friends or my anyone I know about the growth mindset, it would be just just go for it, get involved. Um, there's honestly like there's 
from where I was to where I am now is the change from just going forward has been incredible and the feeling from hopelessness to hope is something I can hardly describe with the journey that I've gone through over this last year. So just go for it. Well done. Well done. I want our interns, those that are here, to join us on the platform if they would. Um, not, not all of them can be because some of them are at Collingwood Park and, uh, and kids and so forth. But those that are here, quickly come up. We're going to uh, just give them a certificate for um, their achievement over the course of the last 12 months. And if you have a look there, if, you go, if I could just bring you back to that emotionally healthy spirituality form... I will ask you if you want to be part of it to put your name there. Look, if you wanted to do the interns course, which will start after this, because this was part of it, so I've just dragged it, we're going to do that, and then we're going to um, go to the other three quarters of it in the remainder of the year. But if you're young, it is, look, it, to be honest with you, it is aimed at, you know, 30, sort of 30, 35 and under kind of. It is, it is, it is really aimed at, a, at, at a, uh, a maturing someone on the up of life. Um, just give that a tick if you haven't already told us. This is an opportunity for you to come and be part of that and uh, we can make sure that you get the details concerning that. But these uh, five incredible young people have uh, been um, through the whole course over the course of the last 12 months and we're going to just give them a certificate, my darling. We're all going to stand up and we're going to pray for them in Jesus' name. Let's all stand together and I want us to pray for these five incredible uh, young people uh, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Father God, we just thank you that, uh, Lord, you are moving and you are having your way uh, in our lives to the, to the degree in which we are able and willing to open up to you. Father God, I ask that, Father, for each one of these young people, Lord, as they've opened up to you over the course of these next 12 months, that you will seal the work, Lord, that you'll bring about the plan that you have, Lord, started. And, Father God, we would see, Lord, an incredible fruitfulness from their lives, Lord, as they move forward, Father God, that, uh, uh, Lord, beyond our comprehension or beyond our imagination, Lord, we would see a uh, significant outcome, Father God, uh, through their hand and through their heart by what the seeds that they plant in this season that lies ahead. We thank you for them. We bless them today in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. You may take a seat. You guys may take a seat. We want to give them a round of applause as they take a seat. Thank you for that, guys. Fantastic. Um, the next, uh, the next thing I want to talk about, so we've got a, a place to connect, but don't just find a place to connect, uh, find a place to connect with a growth mindset. Uh, the third banner uh, that we're about to turn around, thanks to my good man, good friend uh, Jaden, is, um, is join the team. We're called to make a difference and uh, we're utilizing the gifts that God has placed in our life. Jesus said that ye are the light of the world. He doesn't say that the uh, old old English words ye and the, uh, the difference between plural and singular. Uh, when Jesus talking about the light of the world, he was referring to us corporately. Uh, ye ye uh, are the light of the world is a, is a, um, is a plural. It's, it's a more than one. And uh, the truth is, of course, we can't light the world on our own. So that's why I'm encouraging you to make sure that you are part of the team. If I can draw your attention to the other side of that card, you've got emotionally healthy spirituality one side, you've got serving options indeed on the other side. 
And um, there's all different places that you could serve in. And I just want to encourage you this morning, if you're not serving in any area of church life, why don't you this year in 2020 say, you know, this is the year I'm going to become part of a team, part of, part of a group that's, that's serving the larger body of Christ. It, it'll transform your life. It'll change you. It's part of God's will and plan and purpose for you, I want to suggest. If you're here today and your kids are next door uh, in our children's program, uh, I, I want to encourage you, if you're a parent, maybe you could, um, maybe, maybe you could go on, the, uh, on the, the, uh, the children's team, Centro Kids there, um, and, and just go on as a parental um, uh, supervisor. So someone who goes on once a month just to go there to supervise the children and, and just once a month. Uh, you don't have to become, you know, a, somebody who has to go to training and somebody who has to do a whole bunch. If you can just do it one Sunday a month, if your kid is involved in the program and you said, you know something, I'm prepared to help once a month. If you could tick that Centro Kids and just put, you know, parent there, uh, we'll understand what that means and uh, we're more than, more than willing. In fact, we want parents involved and even if it's just once a month uh, if you could commit to that level of involvement then that would be incredibly helpful for us and incredibly helpful for our children's program and for Centro Kids and we would really really appreciate that if you want to be part of our creative team those who sing and, and, and play instruments and so forth our creative arts academy is, is subscribed um, you've heard us talk about this towards the end of last year um, starting in a week or so's time we're going to be running uh, lessons for keyboards, singing, guitar, and dance um, for eight to ten-year-olds, roughly speaking, and uh, at a very minimal cost. And uh, the response to that has been overwhelming. Um, we've got more than more than the amount of uh, students we can handle. So thank you to everybody who's who's sort of signed in on that. If you wanted to sign in. Um, but you've missed this, this round, we'll do a second semester, so there might be some opportunities, so just keep your uh, ears open if you've missed it, and uh, we'll see what happens in the second half of the year uh, pertaining to that. But well, I, the reason I say that is not just to say how great everybody's done signing up for that, fantastic, uh, but also to say, look, if you wanted to be involved, um, those who are coming here to do the training, they're all qualified teachers, um, uh, have the option of doing personal lessons afterwards. So you get a singing lesson for a really cheap rate. So if you wanted to be a singer and you're not quite sure whether or not you can sing, why don't you just tick that? Uh, I'd love to be part of the creative team and maybe put, you know, want to sign up for lessons and we'll be, we might be able to get those teachers to stay back for another half an hour and they're using our facilities and our staff uh, we could get you a lesson at a really reduced rate if you want that. So just tick that. That would be fantastic and uh, help you join the team. Of course, there's many other teams that, that, that you can join. And uh, our plan, our goal, our, our heart is everybody is part of the team. Right? A place to connect with a mindset of growth. You feel connected because you are part of a ministering team. And the last one there, um, Jaden, if we could turn, is something that I think is really important because when I talk about embracing your journey, embracing your journey, me embracing my journey, us embracing our journey is all about building the story. It's the story of redemption. It's an old, it's an old story, but it's the greatest story ever told. One um, of the things that strikes you, you know, as you move around Israel, and as you, you sit where Jesus sat and you look at the things that Jesus said and, and, and you see the places where, where Jesus influenced, um, 
you recognize that the story of redemption is just a 2,000 year old story and that we are a part of it. It is incredible to imagine that this, this new idea of salvation, this new idea of redemption that began with Christ 2,000 years ago and it continues today in Ipswich and Centro Church some 2,000 years later. The story is continuing to be built. Bible scholars in the room will know that the book of Acts is the only New Testament book that has no formal conclusion. Every other book of the New Testament signs off, you know, and greetings, goodbye, see you later, whatever. You know, the way, the way if you wrote a letter, you were always at the end, you always say, you know, yours sincerely, goodbye, and uh, put your name there or whatever it is that you do. But the book of Acts has no formal conclusion, and I want to suggest to you this morning there's a good reason why. The reason for it is the book is still being written. The book of Acts is still open, right? Still chapters are still being written that we will never read till we get to heaven. Uh, And to think that you and I are part of that story. You and I are part of writing that story. And every day when you get up and, and you spend that time with God, then you go about your business, whatever it might happen to be. And God might have you situated in in business and commerce. Or he might have you situated in education. He might have you situated in the political or in the services domain. He might have you situated in some kind of of, um, uh, business environment. Whatever it is where you are situated, family environment, whatever it is, wherever it is that you are, you are there to redeem that environment. You are there to build the story of redemption. (laughs) And it's a story that continues to unfold every day around the world, continues to unfold. 1 Peter 2.5 says this. It says that we are, you also like living stones being built into a spiritual house. See, um, you can go to the temple site where Solomon's temple was built, same place where Abraham um, uh, was, was to... Uh, sacrifice his son Isaac where God stopped and gave the ram same place today where there's the dome the dome of the rock then you know, the big big building with the gold roof you've probably probably all seen it that was the temple of God that's where God dwelt in the old testament but then Jesus came and everything changed it was like he landed the old testament plane it was like Israel was a cocoon and all of a sudden out of this cocoon came this incredible butterfly that was going to circumnavigate the globe called Christianity. And it's caught most of us in this room up. And what God is doing now in the year 70 AD, of course, the temple was destroyed by the Roman Empire. And the temple that was so meticulously designed and purposefully built with such love and care, and it cost billions of dollars in the context of today's value was destroyed and not one brick was left upon another and it hasn't been rebuilt. Despite the fact the nation of Israel has been uh, reconstituted in 1948, despite the fact in the years um, 1967 when the Six-Day War and they regained Jerusalem, control of Jerusalem, the Israeli people, the temple has never been rebuilt. No, No matter how dear the religious Jews want to rebuild the temple, The temple has never been rebuilt. And I want to suggest to you why the temple has never been rebuilt. This historical place of the presence of God, 
does not exist today. And there's a powerful, powerful reason why. Because God does not dwell in temples made with hands. No matter how ornate, no matter how incredible was Solomon's temple. Then, of course, it was, you know, destroyed by the Babylonians, but then rebuilt. No matter how wonderful the second temple was, or any religious edifice that you might have the good fortune to visit in whatever place of the earth you might happen to be, God is not there. God is not in Jerusalem. God is not... We, we, we visited the tomb. It was funny. Uh, they had this Irish guy taking us around the garden where they think, you know, it's one of the most probable sites where Jesus was buried and the tomb is there and there's this wine press they thought might have belonged to the rich, um, rich man who owned the tomb. And, uh, and there's all these people in the tomb, you know, and, they, and the guide's in there and he's, he's getting everybody out so we can get in. He's saying to all these people, move out, he's not there, you know. Come on, move out, he's risen. Move out, he's not there. Move out, move out. <laughs> So he could get us in. And, uh, <laughs> but you know, it's true. It's true. He ain't there. <laughs> he's, not, he's not in some ritual, religious site. I'm not saying it's not interesting to visit and get context. It is. But I'm not into the hocus pocus superstition <laughs> that somehow, you know, Jesus lied on his rock. Therefore, if I, you know, stroke my uh, rosary beads over it, that's going to give me good luck. <laughs> He ain't there, folks. He's not in a building. You are living stones, the apostle wrote. God is building himself. Be part of the edifice that God is building. He is inhabiting mankind. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost. The temple in Jerusalem doesn't exist today because the temple of God covers the globe. We are part of it. And it continues to be built. Every day, it continues to be built. When you go to your place of employment and you redeem that, you bring the values of the kingdom, you see, that are diametrically opposed, opposite to the values of this world. I heard someone once say, if you think what a politician would do, do the opposite. <laughs> because, because the political system is the kingdom of this world system. I'm not saying we kind of Christians in there, we need to pray for our prime minister and so forth. But the political system, if you understand what I mean by that, the political system is the, anti- it's the opposite to the values of the kingdom system. And, and there's politics all through your employment. Don't worry about that. Remember there's people, there's politics. And you bring the antithetical, you bring the opposite. You bring the values of the kingdom. When you turn up there, the kingdom of heaven is there because the temple of God is there because you are there. And you literally redeem that particular industry. You redeem that particular place of employment. You're building the story. A place to connect, a mindset of growth, a growth mindset be part of a team and continue to build the story. This church has been, has had a story. This story's spanned now well over six decades. And who knows what the story of this church will be in 
the next six decades. Who knows what the story of your life's going to be in the decades that lie ahead? Who knows what the story of my life's going to be this year? We've got, a, you know, we've got some stories to write. We've got a child to marry and reception in Liverpool and <laughs> all kinds of uh, exciting things. Embrace it. Whatever your current experience, embrace it and know that God is building his kingdom through your life. You're not on your own. Be that stone, that, that, that brick in the wall, if you will, of the temple, of the purposes of God. Let's stand together. We're going to pray. One thing I want to do tonight, and uh, if the guys want to join me, I need to pray and get out because I've got to end in the Collingwood Park. But one thing I want to do tonight, if you can come out tonight, one of the things they did to the tabernacle and, and to the temple is they anointed every part of it, and they anointed it with oil and set it apart unto God and sought God's, in, you know, infusing power even the furniture um tonight what we're going to do if you can come out tonight at five o'clock we're going to pray for you we're going to lay hands on you we're going to anoint you with oil everybody who comes tonight who wants to be anointed will be anointed now if you don't want to be of course you don't have to participate but we're going to have uh, we're going to open this front up i'm going to talk for 15 minutes um show some home videos and uh i'm not going to kill you with that don't worry about it and uh and then we're going we're gonna to pray for you, lay hands upon you, anoint you with oil, set you apart for the purpose God has got for your life. I'm going to pray now, but, the, but we will continue this at 5 o'clock where we have the opportunity to pray for you individually. I'm going to pray corporately, right? Embrace the journey corporately and individually. We're going to anoint you with oil and pray for you individually at 5 o'clock tonight. So, Father, we thank you for where you've brought us from where we are today and where you are taking us to. Lord, I pray that each one of us, Lord, would be connected, that our spirits would be open to grow, that, Lord, we would be hand in hand with others, building your house and transforming your world. I commit ourselves and our year to you now in Jesus' name. Everybody said... Amen. God bless you. Why don't we worship and sing together? Thank you for listening to this podcast.